I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to an ACC podcast. We are... Headed into week four, going strong. I'm Lauren Brownlow, since I literally almost always forget to say that. And <laughs> this week, uh, you kind of had to do some searching to figure out what the best game was going to be in the ACC or the biggest game or most important or whatever. Um, we've talked plenty of FSU on this program, so I didn't want to go with FSU at Louisville. And instead, I thought I would go with Pitt uh, playing UCF. And so I'm going to have Craig Meyer on with me from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And Craig, first of all, have your Twitter interactions recovered since you tweeted exactly what Pat Narduzzi said about his fourth down call last week? They calmed down like surprisingly early. Um, it was Saturday was <laughs> hectic. I was like battling like a massive cold. So I was just like under the influence of like cough uh, medicine and it was all just sort of a blur, um, even more so than it would have been had I not had a cold. Um, but like, honestly, by like Sunday afternoon, it kind of calmed down. It was, uh, I don't know if it's cause like people, uh, locally here were too, were too preoccupied with Ben Roethlisberger's elbow or something. Oh, right. But, yeah. uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it definitely calmed down. Like as far as like Twitter outrage and like befuddlement with like, really weird calls go like it had a surprisingly and for my mention's sake refreshingly short shelf life it was uh <laughs> it was something though. yeah i mean just for those who don't remember even though i ranted on it last week and even was so upset i called pat steve um i <laughs> uh i don't I, it was like five minutes to go in the game it's fourth and one they're at the penn state goal line essentially pit is and it's like you know you it's now or never, right? Like you have to score a touchdown at that point. I know there's time left on the clock, but Pitt had been struggling moving the football and he defended it afterwards by saying you needed two scores. Of course, you don't need two scores necessarily. Just I, I ah, down seven. I don't, I still don't understand. I, and I, I kind of want to Craig, like I kind of want to have a reason that this makes any sense just for my own sanity. Um, Do you have anything to offer me? So I think the nicest <laughs> thing that you could potentially say, like there are defenses, like I think that they're pretty flimsy d uh, defenses, but um, Pitt was struggling running the ball all day. Penn State's got a really good front seven. Pitt's O-line outside of their center is still pretty inexperienced and I guess not particularly good. Um, so, and that day they had run, I think it was, they had 25 uh, rushes for 24 yards. Like they were not able to move Oof. the ball on the ground at all. Nobody gained more than 10 yards on the ground uh, for them that day, or actually more than nine yards. Um, and their best options, um, uh, you know, their, uh, their, their starting running back that day, A.J. Davis was in single digit rushing totals. Honestly, the guy who may end up being their uh, their best running back on their team is his freshman, Vincent Davis. 
problem with him is in the goal line situation, he's 5'8", 170. Oof. So he's not exactly a guy who's like going to plow through, um, you know, no. and, and get that one yard. I mean, he would maybe somebody who you could send over the line, like, you know, like basically jump and dive over it. Right. Um, but I mean, but they didn't try a pass play, right? No, no. So they tried. So first down, they passed. Second down, they, uh, they oh, okay. did basically yeah, that's like a QB sneak. And third down, they uh, they passed. I think it was on third down where you could basically see the uh, the play like developing. You could see what looked like basically an open touchdown in the flat, but it kind of broke down pretty quick. Like Penn State, oh, like, uh, yeah. Penn State's credit, they did uh, they did a really good job defending it. Um, so I can see it from that perspective, and like I think if you're taking points in that situation, like. I think it's probably a pretty safe assumption that your kicker can make a 19 yard field goal. Um, and I guess I, I give Pat some benefit of the doubt in, in his explanation of it where like you can't throw your kicker under the bus where you would basically be like, well, yeah, like I went for the field goal cause I kind of safely assumed that it's from 19 yards. Our kickers never missed from, uh, from within 30. All, all the, right. So instead he puts it on exactly. himself, yeah, so to speak. And, okay. But yeah, okay. these are, you know, and the other thing too, this is one that I've kind of theorized is that is that you basically like is maybe that the is that the offensive coordinator, uh, the offensive coordinator, Mark, uh, Mark Whipple in that situation who Pat defers to a lot as far as play calling. The only other thing I could possibly theor- uh, theorize with that was that he opted to kick it. Pat went with that and he figured that he would kind of take you know, the, he would take the the heat for that. He we you know he, he wouldn't want to do that to uh, to one of his assistants, especially one who's only coaching his third game there. Um, but again, that's just more of a theory on uh, on my part. Because if you rewatch the game, like there's some people who say it kind of looks like when they do a, a sideline shot, you can see Whipple saying "kick it." Um, but that's you know a, a, that's a that's only a theory at this point, but. That's really about all I got as far as defense is going. Again, those like those are ones where it's like if you had some kind of of like scale, it's like okay, like eight, like fifteen percent of me can kind of understand why things went the way they did and why you opted for that. But the overwhelming percentage yeah. of my <laughs> thoughts and feelings on this are in the opposite side. It, um, yeah, it's just. Okay. Well, you know what? I will say this. You made me feel at least a little better about it and like that I have some sense of sanity. So um, I do appreciate that part of it. Uh, But yeah, because, oh boy, Pat. Um, It does appear that Pitt has a pretty well-functioning defense at this point. And now they've got a host UCF that looks like it hasn't really taken much of a step back from the UCF we saw last year. I kind of assumed they would. I was treating them that way in my AP ballot until last week. I know Stanford's not great, but still they pretty much, they they made it pretty easy work of Stanford. So I guess how are Pitt people sort of looking at this? Do you think we'll see the same kind of frisky Pitt team we saw last week against Penn State? Or do you think that there'll be some like understandable letdown after the way that it ended? Where do you think they're going to be at this week? Um, I think a game like this, Maybe more so than the Penn than the Penn State game has a little more potential to uh, to get ugly. I mean, Pitt looked great against Penn State last week. They're deep. They manhandled Penn State's oh uh, they manhandled the O line. They consistently got to the quarterback. 
I mean, yeah, this is sort of one of those situations where it was like, well, other than that, how is the play missing? <laughs> it was they 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 really only gave up like there were a few big plays where yeah you know, where Penn State would break on some like an eighty five uh, an eighty five yard run, but other than that, they did keep them in in, uh, in relative check there. The problem is, I think UCF's offense is a lot better than Penn State. Um, they don't have you know sort of the same yeah like you know like prestige and the same blue bloodness yeah yeah but i think that from everything we've seen i think they're a better team though and i don't know how well equipped its defense is as good as their d-line is as good as their secondaries but i don't know how well equipped they are once that ucf offense get uh gets rolling and you've got a team that's averaging 50 points a game um i just i mean we saw last year I mean, Grant, that was in Florida. God knows how hot it was down there. I thankfully was not there. Um, but, uh, but I mean, <laughs> you like you had a defense in that game. One of the prevailing storylines from that game was where was near where the very end. You had players seemingly faking cramps, you know, t- uh, you know, to stop play. Um, you know, like you know where where uh, where a guy would almost mysteriously go down and you know and and like hold at his leg even though no no what no. that so, never happens in college football so <laughs> I, I, you know you have I just don't know how well equipped they are to to really slow down that kind of a force yeah. um, and I would think for some that's some for that's I would think true I didn't even think about that part that's still. I mean, this is a program that I guess is probably motivated uh, by uh, by enough, namely, you know, any kind of lack of spectrum or recognition that they feel like they get. But if they individualize, when you look yep. at a team like Ben, how things transpired last year, that may be something that kind of hangs with them a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, in a nod to the Mike Leach thing going viral this week and, you know, with the, of course, admission that. Mike Leach has other problematic elements, although this rant was pretty funny. Um, he sort of broke down like the mascots in the Pac-12. So I figured like we could <laughs> we could take a little look at some of these matchups via mascot. And if the mascots were facing off in this one, like frankly, uh, I would like Pitt's chances way better. I think. Yeah. I think. Although I, I guess they do so. have a sword. He, that guy carries yeah, a legit I th- I sword. Think I think the sword's a big deal. I would assume he has some armor too. Um, so that would he does that Oof. would maybe uh, neutralize the Panthers' claws and he I don't mm. know if they can pierce that. Uh, That's right. Yeah, where do they go for? Where's the vulnerable I think the, point? And this mm. guy, I'm assuming, or, or it could be a girl, I guess. This is true, <laughs> Lady Brienne. Exactly. But I, uh, <laughs> but I don't, you know, because I, I think that is is the knight's name still Nitro? That was his name. Oh, that's old. right. Which is Which awesome. I, guess is I do like that neutral name. So yeah, it could be a woman. That's uh, true. But yeah, it, um, <laughs> I'm assuming that they're pretty uh, that they're pretty adept with the sword, seeing as they are. Yeah. And, you know, you know, like it wouldn't be like putting me in an armor and handing me a sword where I wouldn't really know what the hell to do with it. So <laughs> That's I would true. I, I would go with the, yeah. I would go with the knight in this match. It'll be funny for Pitt, though, because last week they played Penn State, who were the Nittany Lions. And as I found out for a story I did a couple uh, couple years back, Nittany Lions and Panthers are like the same thing. They're just both like mountains. Yes. Yeah. They're, yeah it's just like... So last week was 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 kind of like the Spider-Man meme. Um, <laughs> this week, it'll, 
I feel like I feel like that kind of a matchup would maybe throw Pitt off a little bit too. You got to worry about their sort of uh, mental state going in. Uh, well, now that we've broken down Pitt, uh, we can get to the the noon games. Which boy are they doozies? Uh, Boston College Rutgers leading us off. All I wrote in my notes is "Welp," because I made fun of BC a little bit. Um, in that, you know, you say not all P5 scheduling is created equally. So if you schedule other P5s, like it's not like you schedule, you know, Kansas and Rutgers like BC did. Um, I think I said this in defense of like North Carolina's first two wins of the year being over Miami and South Carolina. Like, yeah, they're not amazing, but at least they're, you know, better P5s than those. Um, so, yeah, Boston College is coming off getting crushed by Kansas and now they're going to Rutgers. And I mean, at this point, like, why would we not assume they would lose again? I, I'm kind of in that camp right now i would honestly if i were bc i mean throwing uh you know throwing personal pride and you know and, and they desire to uh to uh to accomplish things aside <laughs> from a story standpoint i would probably lose to them like that would be like that that i mean that's one that's a pretty sizable accomplishment there where you're where in the span of two weeks you lose to kansas and and the records i mean that's pretty impressive like I mean, the Kansas thing shocked me last week because VC beat uh, they yeah. beat Virginia Tech in the opener, and week one being week one, we're all kind of thinking like, oh, like BC's pretty good because we all kind of safely and I guess you know sort of uh, sort of ig- ignorantly think that Virginia Tech would be good because it's Virginia Tech, um, and now it just looks like Virginia Tech may actually just be very bad because BC like I went to BU, so I'm a little bit biased, but like. Like we got rid of our football team about twenty five uh, years ago because it's just not worth it, I guess. But like at least we never lost to Kansas by twenty five. <laughs> That's like I, I will say that for us. But yeah, I, I was surprised. I mean, because BC is a team that like you know, I think that Adazio generally has done a pretty good job there. They they usually have good defenses. It's he actually put they got a lot of dudes up front. Um. That's a tough place to win, but yeah, it's just yeah. That's it. Seems like they've kind of fallen off. Uh, yeah. The good news for them is that Rutgers, like you know Kansas, there's there's a general thing where they're on the ascent because because Les Miles is there. They're against more, but Rutgers is just that's true. Less Miles, yeah. Ben bad. Um, they've really uh, under Chris Ash, they've shown no signs <laughs> of getting better. I mean, I don't follow Rutgers football super closely. But that's just been my... Well, uh, why, why would anyone do that to themselves? Yeah, I mean, outside of 2006 and that night, they lit the Empire State building red. Yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot to follow. I, I'm, you know, I guess they did win the first college football game. So anybody who was alive in 1869, I mean, knows them as a powerhouse. But <laughs> yeah, aside from that... Uh, I did find out doing a little like Rutgers mascot history um, that... They had at one point a Chanticleer as their mascot, and then they decided to, uh, in hopes of spurring the all-around good athletic promise and Rutgers fighting spirit, I am reading that, um, they changed it to a knight in the 50s. And I'm like, wait, what? Why? And so do, should they change it again is kind of one of my questions. That would be interesting. Like, they, um, like we suck reading- so much, we have to change it again. I remembered reading saying that the new, you know, like maybe this is kind of a, a Jersey thing, but the New Jersey Nets, I don't know if this was in the late 90s, like when they were just really, really, really bad. Um, 
and they almost changed their name. I think it was to the Swamp Dragons or something. Oh, wow. Just because they played it in the Meadowlands and Giant Swamp. and like, Yeah. And dragons are awesome. Like, why does no cool more teams rocket. should use that? Yeah, where you kind of go on the other side of there, you know, where you go from being a knight to being a dragon. You, you like, kind of switch sides in that fight. Because the knight thing clearly has not really worked out for him. <laughs> it really hasn't. And, yeah, I guess if we mascot battle this one, you you do still have to give the edge to the knight for sure over the eagle although i guess like technically the eagle could just like fly around the whole time and and not have to fight the knight at all which maybe sort of encapsulates how this game will will play out yeah yeah i think when it, i think when that game ends nine to six i feel like we'll kind of all be thinking that oh. <laughs> it's a metaphor for that yes um then we've got western michigan syracuse like this is going to be my my time on here to rant about what Syracuse is doing with their scheduling like they go to Liberty then they um what who they play right after Liberty oh they were at Maryland and uh they have Clemson that's not in their control and now they're going to play Western Michigan and I think they played at Western Michigan last year if I'm not mistaken because that was the game where um they got out to a big halftime lead they pull Eric Dungy to avoid some sort of catastrophic injury because he seemingly always had injuries yeah yes yes and they put in Tommy DeVito the current starter and he uh to be fair to him like Dino Babers probably left him in a touch too long. <laughs> like we were all like, hey, Dino, this is a one score game, dude. Uh, they end up winning 55 to 42, if I'm not mistaken. But this is a Western Michigan team that's coached by um, the former Syracuse offensive coordinator, Tim Lester. Those games versus ex-coordinators have not gone so great or head coaches. high Scott Schaefer and Middle Tennessee that came in there and beat them a few years ago. So I don't understand why Syracuse schedules the way they do. Um, I also think it's important to point out that Tim Lester played in the XFL and his his, um, quarterback nickname was the submarine because he could go deep on you in a hurry. Shout out to Noon's magician for uh, reminding me of that storyline because that's wonderful. But yeah, I just don't know why they keep doing it. Like, why do they schedule this way? Like they could make it so much easier on themselves and they just won't do it. It's pretty funny because Pitt fans are actually sort of envious of, uh, of what Syracuse does. Um, really? You know, where, yeah, no, no. So basically, so Pitt last year, their uh, their non conference schedule, they had Penn State, they had they had UCF, which I still don't really understand why they scheduled uh, UCF. They did in January. It, the deal was done in January 2017, so UCF was coming off a six and seven season. Very next season, they go thirteen and zero. They win the Peach Bowl or whatever they won, um, and they become this like juggernaut seemingly overnight. And Pitt all and Pitt all of a sudden has to play like this super good team where they don't get you know, where other you know where they don't really get much benefit at all from uh, from playing right. them. And then they played uh, Notre Dame, which is obviously out of their control because you know they play them every so every so many years, and that just happened to be one of them. So the way that their fans view it is basically. That why don't we do what Syracuse did last year? Yes, Syracuse we, should have done what it did last year. <laughs> yeah, no, where we basically load up on fairly easy teams. You know, at the very worst case, we leave non-conference play three and one. Exactly. I have been advocating for this for everyone that's not trying to make the playoff. Yeah, no, and then win like nine, ten games. You know, uh, Syracuse. I think last year went nine and three, and then they and then they won a bowl game against West Virginia, who didn't have Will Greer that game. They win 10 games. They finish the season, I think, in the top 15. 
and they entered this season ranked in the preseason, even though they obviously lost Eric Dunch and some other important guys. So Pitt fans are, are basically like, hey, guys, let's do that. Because then, like, everybody now... Oh, they're right about that, yeah. Yeah, and, like, for the past... I mean, honestly, for the vast majority of the past 30 years, Pitt has just been perpetually, like, 7-5 and five and 6-6. Six and six. That's basically what they are as a program. And they're like, hey, like, let's just load up on a really easy non-conference uh, schedule. It may not help us that much come, you know, come, you know, come ACC play just because we may not be as prepared as we would have been otherwise. But yeah, like let's win, you know, like let's assume that people here don't really delve too deeply into and see how we won those nine games. Let's just win nine games. People yeah. see our record and be impressed. More fans might come. I don't think it's a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. I've we've had that discussion here locally about NC State's schedule some and their schedule's improving um, over the next few years. But it's like, why? You know, Dave Doran's not trying to get fired, man. Like he's got to face Clemson every year already. Like he's trying to get to a bowl. He's trying to keep things rolling. Nobody's if y'all won 10 games, no one's going to look back and be like, well, who did they beat? Like, it doesn't matter. They just see the number. But yeah, you're right about that. Um, the mascot battle in this one. Um, I'm terrified of Otto the Orange, as I think um, some may know. I have not. I don't think talked about that on this podcast because why would I have? Um, but um, I, he would be facing off against um, a, what appears to be a horse that is high. The Bronco from Western Michigan. His name is Buster. And he like, I'm looking at a picture of him and he literally has red eyes. And I just, I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, he looks like the slow horse or something like the one that they give to a little kid uh, to ride because he won't be too aggressive. I mean, he's still probably going to eat the orange, right? So. But I don't know. Like if the orange is, if the orange has legs, like yeah. the orange does. Is I don't, I don't like to full scale. Like, you know? Is that how big the orange actually is? And I guess it would- that's what I don't understand. That's what bothers me so much about yeah, him. Like, I mean, I just think of the orange as like a piece of fruit, like an actual like sized orange. And I guess, you know, that, you know, the Bronco definitely does look high. I guess it depends upon what he's high on, like how he might be acting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I still defer, like, all you need, there just needs to be one sort of fortuitous step or gallop in the orange's toes. That's, you're right. That's very true. I just, I need the orange to, like, if it's going to have legs and wear shoes and socks, like, I need it to have a torso. It's, it's upsetting. Um, so yeah, I think I think Syracuse is in danger there if they don't if they don't uh, stay out of the way of the uh, of the Bronco. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, Elon Wake also at 12 or 1230 ultimately doesn't matter. Although Elon is a top 25 FCS team. Um, there's really not a whole lot else to say here. I don't think though. Um, Elon, so we could really just skip right to the mascot battle. Yeah, for being honest, uh, Elon is the phoenix 
which is named after a fire that they had at the school and they like rose from the ashes. So Phoenix, whatever, but they used to be the fighting Christians. So I feel like I should kind of defer to that nickname over the, like versus the demon deacon, because we essentially have a religious fight here between Christian denominations. Like, um, I, what, what is wait, wakes, uh, Baptist, Baptist? I think wakes Baptist. I'm pretty sure. So we have, you know, the fighting, the fighting Christians, which is, I think, a little more all encompassing. And then we have uh, a very specific, the demon deacons. I don't know. That's a tough one. So is the deacon possessed by something? Is that what makes him a demon? I have really honestly always been super confused by that because I don't, I don't know why that would be a good thing to have a demon yeah. inside of your deacon yeah, it, it, it or like, like compromise. Yeah. It would seem like something needs to be done they called it it's a sports writer thing because we always do this right like we're responsible for most mascot yeah. names uh, it goes back to the roaring 20s when a school reporter gave the school football nickname the demon deacons after a quote devilish win over the trinity blue devils that's right that's what they were back then um so yeah i i guess but i'm with you i don't really understand why it's demonic um yeah. But yeah, Phoenix, I, I don't know. Like Phoenix, I would defer to uh, to Elon in this because no matter what happens to him, they'll end up rising from right. the ashes and being reborn. So they can't really be killed. Exactly. And we've seen Wake's mascot. Like, he's a little elderly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm Although he still rides that motorcycle very well. So I give him credit for that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they can't conv- convince Grandpa to get off the motorcycle. Um, but yeah. All right. So... <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> it's my second podcast in a row that there's been a Bobby Petrino motorcycle joke, but this one wasn't by me. Um, maybe I'll keep that streak alive somehow. <laughs> We've got App State at UNC after that. Oh boy, that's been a thing in this state all week. Where, and I'm sure Pitt is like this too with some other programs that, in their state that are that are maybe lesser. It, Penn State's like this with Pitt, right? Where it's like we don't want to play you. We're better than you. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Um, it, to be fair, Penn State's probably earned it a little bit more, whereas like UNC and App haven't played in a while, and there's been this whole thing all week of like App saying because of what they've accomplished, they're you could say they're the best program in the state, and then you know State Carolina fans being like all like, well, you don't play in the ACC, it's, you know, you're not as talented as we are, blah blah blah, and I'm just like, I hate, ah, it all gives me a headache. Um, Can't play me. <laughs> App. Ha- App, app not having beaten a P5 team in a while is not the same kind of streak as, you know, one of the locals not having done that because um, they're just not on the same playing field. One's in the Sun Belt, one's in the ACC. I don't know why I'm trying to explain this to people as if they don't know. Of course they know. Uh, but yeah, App State hasn't beaten a P5 since that win over Michigan. And admittedly, it has been something that they've been sort of riding for a while here, but they have not been full FBS until 2016, I think it is. And they've certainly pushed some P5s. And if Carolina is not prepared for... Um, how good app could potentially play on both sides of the football. They're going to lose this football game. <laughs> like app is yeah. legit. I mean, cause it was, what it was it 2016. They almost beat Tennessee. Probably should have beaten them. Then last year, they sh- yes. probably should have, or they very nearly did. Maybe should have beaten Penn state. Um, and both. Yeah. Wake Forest yeah, a few years yeah, ago so as well. I, I mean, I guess they kind of went from, I guess giant killer to giant scarer, but I mean, that's a really good program. Um, you know, obviously, you know, yes. you know obviously there, there's a new coach, so it's still a little TBD, whether they're able to, uh, to maintain what Satterfield was able to do there. But um, I mean, a game like this, I guess would be some kind of 
a measuring stick with them. Still not entirely sure how good Carolina is. Like, I don't know whether it's like the thing we do in the first few weeks of the season where we overreact to like to a win or two. Maybe it turns out that Miami is really bad sure. or maybe it's just kind of a, like fluky game. I mean, I feel like the only thing I know about Carolina is they're going to beat Pitt somehow. Cause they always do. <laughs> but Larry Fedor is gone. Yeah. He, maybe he had some kind of like voodoo, like <laughs> charm over Pat. I have no idea. <laughs> I was, all, all, I was always also bothered yeah, that I never wore a fedora. Like, you should have done that. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like, it's, it was right there uh, for Larry the whole time. But, yeah, I look, you're right. I don't know what to make of Carolina right now either. I love their young quarterback. I think that's been a big difference for them. They did not have good quarterback play the last few years, and now they do, and I think that's, that's making a big difference. They lost their center early against Miami a few weeks ago, and I think they're still recovering from that right now. Um, they need to get back to being able to run the football this week or else they're going to be in big trouble. Um and Eli Drinkwitz, head coach of App, he does have some familiarity with Carolina because he was NC State's offensive coordinator last year. Um, and I know Carolina's been watching NC State film to sort of prepare for what they might see from App because obviously App's going to be pretty vanilla in their first two games to not show Carolina anything on tape. Um, yeah, I don't know what to think of Carolina either. It's, it's worth remembering, and we've pointed this out too, that like Carolina did not lose uh, in blowout fashion a whole lot last year or even in the last couple. Like they've they've especially last year too, they've largely been in a lot of these games. It just, they, they broke the other way. And so for the first two games to break back um, in their favor, maybe, you know, maybe we overreacted because they started two and zero considering what their record was, but maybe, maybe it's just sort of the law of averages catching up with them a little bit of like, Oh, you, you're due some of these closer games. Um, but I still think they're improved and, and they'll be better this year. But um, like you said, how much we don't, I don't think we really know yet. And I think this is going to tell us a lot about app and Carolina. So I'm intrigued for it as for the mascot battle. Um, you got Yosef, the Mountaineer uh versus ramses the ram i feel like that one's pretty lopsided honestly yeah yeah i mean i'm assuming right? the mountaineer doesn't like it's not like the west virginia mountaineer who's carrying a musket like the like their guy just has like a corn cob pipe right let me see yeah i don't see a weapon yeah yeah, yeah i do not see a weapon i gotta go with the ram then and the Rams familiar with like, I, I, yeah. too, so it's really there's like no advantage from knowing kind of the lay of the land like the Ram, I, I would assume is familiar with that kind of Yeah, thing. for sure. I mean, I see some shots of him carrying a weapon, but they're all older. Um, so unless like he's concealed carry at this point, I just, you know, I'm not seeing a weapon here. Um, so I think, yeah, that's probably got to be Ramsey's in that mascot battle. Um, this is now we're going to get to the other most intriguing game of the weekend for me. Um, and I hate I hate that I keep doing this with Florida State. Uh, because it's not like other ACC teams haven't played big games, but Louisville FSU. Um, Louisville obviously looking way more competent uh, because Bobby Petrino is not there. And in part, at least. Uh, Scott Satterfield, obviously a really good coach too, but that's, I think, a big reason. And then Florida State, what I don't know is what we're going to see out of them this week. They played much better last week at Virginia certainly showed some signs of life. They brought in Jim Levitt from South Florida. They were essentially running Jim Levitt's defense or formerly of South Florida, obviously they were running his defense, um, but he wasn't there. And I think that they, from what I was hearing, they expected him to play a role and on the staff and, and he was not, uh, he didn't want to do that for whatever reason. And then now they finally brought him in to play a role on the staff that should help. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't know what to make of this. I feel like we're going to, you know, 
we'll see kind of where FSU is at. Are they going to carry this over the way they played last week? Uh, you, you hear rumors that like Kendall Bryles and, and Willie Taggart aren't talking, but you never know if those are true or not. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of either of these teams and, and we'll probably find out a little bit about it. At least if Louisville continues to look pretty frisky, that'll probably be an indicator of how they'll look the rest of the year. But man, I don't, I don't know. I, this is a, it's a mystery game to me, so I'm I'm intrigued to see what happens in it. I think I'm still one of the few people on the Willie Taggart train. Like I still think that he's a good coach who can potentially get things, um, you know, who can potentially get things turned around there. I mean, because I I feel like the way that we talk about him sometimes is pretty unfair. Where it's like, oh well, here's his record. Like here's his overall record. Here's his record again. Like oh yeah, that it, I like, got no time for that. Like, like that. I think West yep. Kentucky was winless uh, when he took over. They had been in division or they had been in FBS for, I think, all of a year. And he rebuilt them up to like being a pretty damn good program, uh, you know, by the, the, uh, by the end of his time there were, they were going to bowls. They did, it, I think, within four or five years. And the same thing with, with the USF. I mean, he took them over. They were, yep. you know, they'd be going like three and nine, four, four, four and eight, things like that, struggled his first couple years. And then by the end of his time there, I mean, they were a ranked team. They were arguably the best group of five team in the country. Goes to Oregon, they have a, you know, three or four win improvement in his in his lone year there. So, like, I think he's a good coach. I just, I think, I mean, at WKU and then at, and then at South Florida, he needed, like, he needed a few years to, you know, to kind of turn things around and, at a place like FSU, I don't know if you have that kind of luxury. I mean, if you, if if they have a losing record and they miss out on a bowl, even if they go six and six, like I don't, there are understandably high expectations there, and I just don't know how much time he would have, um, even if he's adamant, even if he has this this like sort of proven track record of turning things around if given an, if given enough time. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, given what he's done, I'm still a believer in him. Um, you know, I think being from that state and the way that he recruits, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's hard to see him not ultimately doing well. Again, I just don't know if he'll be given the time. You know who else has an under 500 record? Who? Dino Babers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like that's the, the context of these things matters, folks. Like it, it just does. And I have, I don't know if he's going to last there. I don't know if he's a good fit. I think, I think he's made some... I think he's a good coach. I agree with you. I do think he's a really good coach. I just don't know. Sometimes fit matters, and I don't know if he fits there. We'll see. I hope I hope it works out for them. But um, like you said, they're not going to be super patient. I think he's kind of made some mistakes along the way, more from a PR perspective than, than anything else, that it, it sort of gives him – like he was super optimistic about them last year for no yeah. good reason. And <laughs> Uh, you know, that, that, that didn't help, you know, it, it didn't give the fans a lot of cause to be like, oh, we're in rebuild mode because, you know, we have an offensive line that's made of like paper mache or something. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's made some mistakes and, but like you said, I have no time for the people that just cite his record without context because I, that, 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 that means nothing to me. That's meaningless. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mascot battle. Um, oh boy. It gets problematic with Florida yeah. state, I guess. <laughs> Seminole. <laughs> Maybe we should use the horse. Do you think we should use the horse? I think regardless of who goes up against mm. the Cardinal, I think they're going to beat him. The thing with the Cardinal, though, is like... They're going to beat the Cardinal. The thing with the yeah. Cardinal, Wait, is it Louisville's Cardinal thing, with like, the teeth, thing, though? Like, anatomically, yeah. it's like a night... Like, that thing, like, they're, it's kind of laughable. Like, there are no Cardinals with teeth. If they're going from a sheer intimidation standpoint, though, if I saw a Cardinal with teeth, like, smallest Cardinals are, I'd, they'd probably weigh, like, three pounds, if even that. Like, 
if I saw a cardinal with teeth, I would sprint <laughs> so fast, or or I guess as fast as I can go in the other direction. Like that would be terrifying. I still don't know how well that would do in a fight. I don't think. Uh, yeah, it's probably going to be FSU. I I, did, I had that same thought by the way last night watching the uh, Houston Tulane game when I keep seeing the wave. I don't know why. Like the wave is just very menacing, and he's he's like the wave is first of all it's green, so that would be super jarring to see in the ocean, and then like it's got like its fist out and it's glaring at somebody, and I'm like, can you imagine seeing that as you're like bobbing along in the ocean? I don't know why. It's super disturbing. Um, <laughs> Central Michigan, Miami. Jim McElwain back in Florida. Wow. He's back. <laughs> That's like, I mean, it's not the only interesting. I fear for all the sharks. <laughs> That's right. He's going back to the land of sharks. That was one of my favorite stories ever was I didn't, I never believed that, but the fact that he so vehemently denied it, it, it also made me think like, oh God, he might, might I know. I mean, him. like full disclosure, I think we all understand it was not Jim McElwain. Um, uh, naked with a shark in that picture that came out like what was it like yeah. three or four years ago when he was still at florida i believe and like it was he's so yes is it, you're exactly right though like instead of just having fun with him being like haha yeah it looks like me but it's definitely not me he was like so offended and like just <laughs> it did make you start to wonder like wait is it him like why is he so upset about this like just laugh it off dude yeah he's he's probably spent his time like relatively landlocked there in, in Michigan or, or mostly, you know, not near the ocean, I guess. I have no idea where central Michigan is relative to, uh, that's in the central part of the state, I guess. So it's like, yeah. well, as, as it says, yes, in the name, I guess it has to be. So <laughs> oh, those names can be kind of misleading though. Like, like South Florida's in Tampa, like Tampa's like, yeah, they can be a lie. Yeah. It is really more in the yeah, middle. Exactly. Like it's South of Orlando. Um, I think the only other interesting part of that game is uh, Dan Enos um, was Central Michigan's head coach. He's now Miami's offensive coordinator. I really like this Miami team. Um, I guess that's probably setting me up for heartbreak. And I've been talking about it. I don't know how to process the fact that like I have nothing snarky to say about Miami football um, for the first time in a long time. Um, I just genuinely like them. I like Manny Diaz. I like their defense a lot. I like Jaron Williams. And I think that's a big reason why they have a quarterback is, is important in college football. And I think I like him. I like the way he's played so far. Yeah, they were my preseason coastal pick just because the coast was always such a Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I wow. just think with the town, ta- you know, that they just from being where they are, the way, you know, in the way that they recruit me, I feel like there's just so much talent there that I in that kind of a toss up division now i probably look kind of dumb because i think i think that virginia even through three weeks has really kind of reaffirmed its status as the preseason favorite um but yeah i mean i think this team i mean for so long like i mean even in the year where they were they were the number two team going into, into the final week of the season and they made the orange bowl like even then that was there were still some questions about that team, especially uh, especially quarterback. They now seemingly have that quarterback part of the equation answered. Um, I mean, there's still some problems. I mean, the O line against Florida was a complete mess, um, you know, and it's made that much tougher when you when you're thrusting a freshman quarterback into those kind of into those kind of difficult situations. But yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe this is a fault in my judgment. I'm still I'm still relatively high on uh, on Miami. I I probably take my coastal prediction back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like a game like this, I probably shouldn't have too many problems. Yeah. Um, from a mascot perspective, 
I'm, I'm very confused by what Central Michigan's mascot actually is. Like, I know they're called the Chippewas, although I thought that was, I, I don't know, maybe they got some sort of exemption I'm unaware of. Um, but all I can see when I Google this is like a picture of um, a, a, a mascot called Action C that is really? has a basketball as a head. And I, I don't see anything during football. Yeah, I don't see anything during football games. And I'm very confused by what's happening at Central Michigan. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the fact that they have that as their, like, like as their mascot, unless they're just super kid-friendly, probably tells me, like, a, a, like a mascot form of, of a chip would, would be a little problematic. Um, but I think we're... Regardless, though, I'd probably go Miami, and it's like I would go Miami. They'd be my pick in all of the ACC, probably, unless the like Blue Devil going back yes. to Mike Leach's thing with the Sun Devils. Like, I don't know what kind of power the Devil has. Like, you know, like so you're going with like a hurricane. It's able to conjure. Okay, like, what powers? It right. Has. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of tough to outdo a hurricane. That's true. Yeah, I was thinking the Ibis, but you're right. I mean, they are the hurricane. So I think we do kind of have to go with that. Whatever, whatever, whatever their actual mascot is, I don't, it's whatever. Um, I, I kind of like the basketball head one, but. Um, I think it'd be funny if you did. You can't trot that out at a football game, I suppose. Um, why? Old Dominion at Vern. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> Oh God! Um, Old Dominion at Virginia. Um, Old Dominion is not quite the Old Dominion of last year. They have a quarterback named Stone Smart with two T's at the end of his name, which I think is great. Um, Virginia's fun, and they played really well. Or, well, well enough when it mattered against FSU. I don't think they're going to have much of a problem with Old Dominion here. One good thing about Bronco Mendenhall, I think, is yes, they keep it close against like other ACC foes and like evenly matched type teams, but Old Dominion, in my opinion, is not that. So I don't think that they're going to have a whole lot of problems here. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overlooking the Monarchs. Uh, I, I'm probably siding with you on that. Um, you know, I, I just think that yeah, I think the Virginians got too much. I mean, Bryce Perkins is fun as hell to watch. You know, you know his ability to kind of scamper out of situations and make plays. I was really impressed with their defense. Um, I think yeah. that's a group that's really going to, you know, that they're really going to be able, able to lean on this year. And I guess part of the reason I think now that they've kind of emerged, I think is, I mean, I guess it'd be them or Wake, but like sort of as the clear second best team in that conference. Mm-hmm. Um, Us, yeah, for sure. A special shout out as well to Bryce Perkins for um, during the broadcast, they did like a thing about teachers and thanking teachers. And he he talked about his um, gender studies class and, and his like women's studies professor. Oh, and um, I, I did a little swoon. I did. And apparently they followed up with her and she was talking about how he's one of the most like engaged and active students in that class. And I was like, that's great. And that made me happy. Um, some things in football have made me happy this week. I'm going to get to something NC State related that has made me happy in a second. But Monarch battle, Monarch mascot battle, Monarch versus Cavalier. Hmm. I mean, if it's an actual Monarch and like we're dealing with the monarchy, I feel like that's a lot of power involved, right? But I don't know that that's their actual like physical mascot, is it? I don't know if that matters. Yeah, huh. I, I'm not entirely sure. Like, um, would their mascot be like? A lion or something, or am I thinking of a different school? I think you're right. 
I don't. And so that's why I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't really quite understand. And then I, I know that the Cavalier is not Thomas Jefferson, but I always think of Thomas Jefferson as like a de facto yeah. mascot. And I mean, technically, if we're going like, if we're going like the founding fathers versus the monarchy, like we all know yes. how that ended up. Um, you're right. It's big blue, a friendly lion who was king of the monarchs. I mean, it's really hard to not take a lion if we're yeah. being honest. And even like, if it were a like real, you know, e like e, even if it were a monarch as as in like a royal, like I don't know, like you know, would the cavalier be like subservient to them? That's what I don't understand. Um, I don't know the cavalier. But yeah, because like if we make it, I I should know this. I don't. <laughs> I should really know why, and I don't know why. Um, it's like a swordsman of some sort, right? Like I don't, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't. I call up Caroline for this. I feel like she would definitely know. Okay, I will. I will consult Caroline for this for sure, um, because I don't. Yeah, it should be something a la. I feel like it needs to be like something a la Thomas Jefferson, but it's it's you know it's not. It's it's basically yeah the colors, the song. Okay, wahoo wah, whatever. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Okay, a barefaced horseback rider in cavalier garb in 1963. Um, I don't really know why though. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I haven't really seen a good explanation. If we're being honest. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I got nothing on that one. All right. Well, I will. I will consult with Caroline, and I will be sure to add something in some form or fashion to this so that I know. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't know that. I've been following AC football my whole life and, and also been fascinated with mascots. Uh, Ball State at NC State. Um, I, I shouted them out earlier in the week for this when I had Steven Muma on from Backing the Pack, but they're hosting a Set the Expectation game. Brenda Tracy, um, sexual assault uh, slash interpersonal violence awareness victims advocate everything um she'll be there and they'll be wearing the decal on their helmets i was over there yesterday hanging out with james smith williams who's their defensive end i really hope he plays in this game he did not in their last one um state needs him but also he really helped get this game to campus um after brenda tracy came to speak to them back in april of last year he he, he really advocated for her he was out there in the student union with her handing out bracelets and literature to people and my heart grew several sizes just to see the football players doing that. Dave Doran came out as well. I, you know, I, I like in all seriousness wanted to shout that out again because um, it's awesome. Um, I wrote about it on WRLSportsFan.com if you want to check that out. Um, Brenda's great and James is James is uh, inspirational to me, honestly. Um, so go read it if you want to um, mm -hmm. and donate if you can as well. Um, so, yeah, in all seriousness, I wanted to say that before we get into the fact that I can't talk about Ball State seriously um, because I'm not mature enough. I'm just I'm, I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did look into why they were called Ball State because I never really bothered to look that up before. Um, and I guess like the Ball Corporation that is in Indiana and like they make they make like mason jars, right? Or am I making that up and other oh, no, stuff? That is definitely true. Um, yeah, because they're in Muncie, Indiana. So like it yeah yeah so they're not in like ball yeah. India it's it's really strange I don't think there is I should know because I'm from Kentucky like I grew up like right across the river from Indiana but I so like and he, here here's my other issue right so okay yeah I get that like and I I read the history like the Ball brothers gave a donation to keep it alive 
that's cool. Like the university itself, because it kept like running out of money. And so finally they endowed it and whatever. And it's now a functioning university. But like, why did they keep the state part? Yeah, I, I don't know. I they, don't know why they did. They feel like they just own the state. They did. I mean, yeah. I mean, to be fair, they might. I mean, maybe they were trying to lay out. Yeah, like maybe they were trying to like lay a claim like, it, you know, where we have like Chicago's Big Ten team. Like maybe they were trying to be like, oh, we are the team in the state of Indiana in football, which like I guess there's obviously uh, no, there's obviously Notre Dame, which would be a pretty big obstacle there. But yeah, I, you know, maybe it was a power play. So we're just going to call ourselves Ball State. Come and get it, Notre Dame. I, like, I always thought, come do something about it. This is a kind of an. I always thought Lonzo Ball should have gone there. Totally, it was a real. I mean, like if you're trying to build your brand, yeah, baller, yeah. Like, hello, yeah. Don't tell me that you're really into brand building if you're not going to go to Ball State. It's in the name, yeah, Lavar. Yeah, you know, like they with him would have gone like you know twenty seven and four. They would have been like a lucky twelve seed who makes the Sweet Sixteen. Totally. As he got anyway. So like, state needs to shore up stuff defensively, and Ball State's plenty capable offensively. I, I think State will be okay in this game. It's a night game. Um, I hope they get some defensive pieces back, uh, and they're obviously going to play way better than they did against West Virginia because it's hard to get much worse. Um, but yeah, I, I, from a mascot perspective, I was almost sad to see that they were like not. Why aren't they just the balls? They should be. I mean, there like the, there are there are enough Cardinals out there. Like you don't. Yeah, come on. Yeah, that would have. Yeah, yeah, that that would that yeah that would have been great. Like 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 NC State losing to West Virginia. I mean, that was a, gen, a genuinely jarring yes. result because West Virginia not good. no. Like I, I think people down there would probably tell you that like this is a rebuilding year. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, especially with there being a first year coach, but yeah, like NC state was another one of those teams that did the first couple of weeks. I'm like, Oh, they're, they're pretty good. Like, you know, this might be sort of in that, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, non Clemson group of like the ACC's upper tier again, like, you know, in the not Clemson. They scheduled though, like pit people want to schedule. Yeah. Um, which is and some of it's out of their control. I mean, they have to play ECU and ECU is not usually this bad. Um, they're still in rebuild mode. Western Carolina, uh, they've been bad forever, um, <laughs> even as an FCS team. And they were real bad uh, against state. I think uh, our buddy Steven Muma called them a bag of pudding, um, which is about right. And, you know, so it was a little misleading, even though to see them take care of business matters. But yeah, this to see them play like that against West Virginia, um, especially in the second half, that was, that was concerning because um, they're going to need their defense to scare them this year. And that did not happen. So we'll see. Um, they've got time to figure it out and turn it around, but uh, wolf. Yeah. Um, mass. Yeah. So mascot battle, obviously you got a wolf pack versus Cardinals. I think that's pretty self-explanatory yeah. multiple wolves versus some birds. Yeah. That's. And it- I don't believe their Cardinals have teeth either. Like no. Animals, so that makes it even more lopsided. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like they can't even fight back. So that's, you know, once the wolf catches the Cardinal, they're done. Um, they're done for. So uh, Charlie Cardinal. Oh, you're wrong. He does. He does have teeth. <laughs> and he, has, oh, he, does. he has huge teeth. They're very disconcerting. Wow. And, and enormous eyebrows. Oh, my God. I wish I had. Oh my! I wish I had not clicked on that. I'm gonna need to move on. Uh, it's still NC State, but now this will haunt my nightmares. All right. 
Oh God, I looked it up. <laughs> like those teeth are like enormous. That's huge feet too. Yes, this is okay. Or at least a picture I've seen. Yeah, it's that's ridiculous. Like, come on, guys. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now we've got Charlotte Clemson uh, battle here. We in North Carolina would call an in-state matchup, jokingly, because we kind of just throw Charlotte into South Carolina half the time, and uh, the Panthers owner david tepper seems determined to kind of like make it a two states team which best of luck with that um but yeah uh, charlotte at clemson charlotte is interesting they put up 41 on app uh two weeks ago now because app just coming off a bye to play north carolina that was certainly an eyebrow raiser for me on multiple levels both from app's perspective obviously like what are you guys doing and also from a whoa charlotte you did that um that's a team that i think people feel like eventually down the road could be pretty intriguing um because they have some resources and and they're pretty determined to make their team good but obviously they are playing clemson so yeah (laughs) yeah I don't think that's going to happen this week. Like I, you know, I think that 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 turnaround will happen at some point where they'll maybe, you know, beat like a Duke or a North Carolina or NC State. But like, yeah, I don't. I think this is the wrong ACC team for that kind of like aha moment. Worth pointing out, by the way, that uh, in your in terms of yards per play, which is my preferred metric, uh, Charlotte is eleventh. Nationally, I mean, they haven't really played anyone besides App. I mean, App's good, though. So, yeah, they're 11th. They're a couple spots ahead of Clemson in yards per play. So, a couple spots ahead of UCF, even, in yards per play. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's not a stat I expected to see. Like, as you're looking through it, you're like, ha, 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 Charlotte. Oh, okay, then. Um, wow, Penn State, actually, 16th. So, good on Pitt for holding them down as long as they did in that one. Mascot battle before we close it out here. Uh, we have the 49er for Charlotte, which is a gold miner, I believe. Um, I don't know. Why is that Charlotte's mascot? I, it's, <laughs> I, that doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, it's not like we don't have gold in the mountains. Um, yeah, it's indicative of the fact that Charlotte was saved from permanent closure in 1949. Their mascot is Norm the Niner, oh. a gold miner. All right. Uh, yeah, obviously, it really doesn't matter what kind of miner he is because you're going against a tiger that is high on cocaine. Um, yeah, yeah, that is like he does have like a pickaxe. I'm assuming, but like I don't, I don't think that'll do you so well against a tiger. Again, even a normal tiger, but yeah, one that's all coked out. I don't. Oh, By the, the eight ball, the tiger. The eight ball, the tiger thing has become so ubiquitous that my husband, I think it was my husband the other day, literally thought that's what the mascot's name was. And I was like, no. They should just, I they would not really call it that. They just, I don't either. <laughs> I would remember that's what I would say. I, yeah, that you, you can't forget that one. Um, all right, Craig, I'm going to get you out of there on that before we get to my son, Alex, making picks as he does each week. He is, my son is 19 and nine. On the year he went five and two last week. Well, I, mean, I, um, I get him. What's that? Yeah, you know, and he might have gone six and one had it not been for Pat Narduzzi. Uh, he did pick Penn State oh, in that okay. one because I got him to pick it with mascots, um, and he wanted. I had to. I had to say lion or panther because he wouldn't know what a nittany lion was. Um, he's. I made him say some things about Pat this week. I'm not sorry about it. Um, I think he's going to have a pretty good week again. Just it all goes to show you, none of us really know anything, and you should just let someone who doesn't know anything pick games. Um, Craig Meyer from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette 
Thanks so much for coming on with me. No, no, no. no. Uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Do you, do you want to play, pick some games so you can eat some ice cream? No! You don't want ice cream? Pick some games and you get some ice cream. What do you think of that? Cool? Appalachian State or UNC? UNC. UNC. Wow, okay. You always pick against them. UCF, UCF or Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? Okay. Wow, that'd be a big win. You want to hug Pittsburgh? Mm, That's interesting. You should tell their coach to be smarter. Can you say, be smarter, Pat? Be finder, Pat. That's right. No, bad finder. Bad Pat. Say bad. Bad. Yeah. Louisville or FSU? FSU. FSU? Okay. I want to hug FSU. Yeah, we all want to hug FSU. Uh, let's see. Old Dominion or Virginia? Virginia. Oh, Caroline will be so happy. Ball State or NC State? NC State. Yeah, they better want, hope so. What about Charlotte or Clemson? Clemson. Clemson, yeah, you're I want probably to right. Hug you want to hug Clemson? That'd be a good choice of somebody to hug. What about Boston College or Rutgers? Rutgers. Wow, that would be I really bad. I want to hug Rutgers. Oh, honey. You're so nice. Elon or Wake Forest? Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Okay. Western Michigan or Syracuse? Syracuse. Syracuse. Okay. That that fork doesn't go on the table. Central Michigan or Miami? Miami. Okay. I to hug Miami. Me too. I kind of want to hug Miami. Okay. Thanks, Alex. Are you ready to eat your ice cream? Where's Miami? Where's Miami? It's in Florida. You remember where Florida is? Kinda? Yeah. It's down, it's down, down, that way. Down south. <laughs> you ready for your ice cream? Yeah? Why don't you say bye? Bye.